Starcourt Study Hall episodes contain spoilers for all seasons of Stranger Things. Episodes may also contain graphic content and language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts unless otherwise stated, and all content and characters are property of Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. I'm Marina. And I'm Amanda. And And this this is Starcourt Study Hall. time to talk about the body which body jennifer's body nope i don't think that's the right body (laughs) (laughs) no we're gonna talk about chapter four the body the one thing that i want to say about the body before we get into the nitty-gritty scene by scene breakdown is that this episode to me feels like the turning point of season one yeah i would agree right it just feels like everything is coming to a climax here yep include okay never mind. <laughs> no i'm not gonna make a jennifer's body joke no more <laughs> we're that. just gonna move on <laughs> so so yeah we're gonna talk about chapter four the body today yes we are so let's hit you with a quick little summary before we get into it this episode was written by justin doble and directed by sean levy and here is your brief summary after you forgot to mention that it aired on july 15th <laughs> see last last week you didn't like it so i left it out <laughs> Okay, so for those of you who don't know, (laughs) the entirety of season one came out and aired on Netflix on July 15th, 2016. Thank you. In case you were not aware by now. So after Will's body is found, Elle uses her powers to prove that he's not actually gone. Nancy and Jonathan team up to discover that Joyce has been right all along. Hopper investigates his hunch about Will's disappearance and Joyce and the boys have a terrifying interaction with Will. So, yeah, it was it was a pretty jam-packed episode. I felt like there was not a lot of fluff, so to speak. It was Mm-mm. very, very plot-driven. Very. Uh, next are some fast facts for this episode. So we had a little cameo uh, in this episode by Sean Levy, the director. He played the morgue worker who was chasing down Joyce to try to get her to, to ID the body and sign the documents. That was Sean Levy. So the body itself, which is a... That's... It's the name of the episode. Um, So it's pretty important. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty important. Um, It was created by a company called Fractured FX, and they also created Barb's Corpse and a couple of other special effects that appear in this episode and others. And they actually completed it within a month. They were assigned to create Will's corpse, and they did it in a month. That's I wonder if they did the corpses in season four of Henry and um, all them strewn up in Vecna's little mind lair on his pillars of death. Oh, you mean Fred? Fred, not Henry. Who the hell's Henry? Henry Creel. (laughs) Who Vecna actually is. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Uh, He will. It is after work today. Yes, it is. I don't know what show this is. And uh, a final fast fact about the fake body it was uh, it was used again in season two. It looked so realistic that they used it again. They used it when Hop was carrying Will through the hospital when Will was oh. passed out. Yeah, that a lot of those scenes were actually the <clears throat> fake body. And then they used it again during Will's exorcism when Nancy stabs Will with a hot poker. That was the, the silicone body as well. I'm going to need to go back and watch for the silicone body. Yeah. Because now I'm like, I want to find it and point at it. 
I know. And I, I actually don't know for a fact that it's made of silicone. I did look for more details about the making of this corpse and I found nothing. Like it was just all hmm. the, the same kind of behind the scenes pictures. I couldn't really find how they made it, what they made it with. So I'm just assuming it was silicone. It looks like silicone to me. But yeah. We so, could ask it. You yes. can't ask a corpse You can't question. ask a corpse question. Oh, 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 Powell. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk more about Callahan and Powell in this episode because we get yes. we get a lot of them. So our first scene, we open on Callahan talking to Joyce and Jonathan outside the buyer's house. Uh, the other officers, including Hopper, search the house. Powell points out the wall that Joyce apparently described off camera, hmm. which is where the Demogorgon emerged from. That wall is very busy. Right? There's a, was that the same wall that's in the living room that he ultimately comes through? Or is it a different wall? No, yeah. I think that's it. That's the one that he... Um, or No. No, you, isn't it in Will's room? You mean the when, when Nancy and Jonathan are going to kill it? No, because in... Doesn't it like kind of like come through the wall in Holly Jolly? Oh, yeah. Like it like... You see like the, the silhouette or like whatever of like... No, oh, that was in Will's room. Holly, Holly walked into Will's room. Okay. So... I, I thought it was kind of funny. I paused it um, right when the episode started, and this was totally by accident. But when I paused it, I noticed that Joyce has a lit cigarette in her hand already when she's outside talking to the police. Like, And Jonathan is hugging her, and she's just like smoking her cigarette. Also, Callahan appears to be the one delivering this news to Joyce and Jonathan, and I need to know whose decision that was. I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's just like not who I would want delivering news to me in any circumstance. No, this guy's Even good news. Like, no. don't talk to me at all. No, yeah, he's he's the worst. Um, and he has clearly no, for lack of a better term, bedside manner. Like none. He's just bad. Yeah, no. So the cops explain their theory about Will's death to Joyce while she just dissociates. Uh, mm -hmm. Hopper tries his best to make Joyce face Will's death while she insists that she just spoke to him so he can't be dead. Yes. <laughs> Jonathan has a breakdown as Joyce describes the monster with no face and Hopper accidentally infantilizes Joyce by trying to relate to her. Little does Joyce know that she's actually describing Slenderman. For real, though. This like, whole time? The long arms and the no yeah, face. Yeah, the no face. Like, this show is not Str Stranger Things. It's a Slenderman show. And and the Demogorgon is supposed to be, what, like nine feet tall? I mean, Slenderman. Yeah, Slenderman. Yeah, right? Like, Slenderman's probably about that size. I would, I would say so. Right? Him in his, like, formal attire. <laughs> eating children's dreams or whatever he does <laughs> yeah i don't really know what like slender man's deal is i just know he's spooky i felt like where they show joyce kind of not being there pretty accurate if you've ever had a dissociation moment in your life which many of us do i mean daydreaming even it counts yeah. i felt like they portrayed that pretty well yeah and and it's funny because when she's doing that, like when you get the like the muffled audio of Hopper trying to like communicate with her and she's just staring, mm -hmm. you realize once she speaks that she's she's not dissociating because she believes what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, it's not <laughs> she's grief. She's not like this isn't like grief stricken. This is like no, you're wrong. <laughs> like what like, are you even talking about? No, my son is not dead. Um I don't know what that thing is that you found, but that's not my son. No. Period. End and of story. She I just I love love her so much like i could make her mvp for every single episode in this yeah. season because she's just so incredible i also love that hop like so gently even entertains that he's going to believe this i know but imagine how he feels in this moment as yeah. a parent who has lost a child right. and he's like 
having to deliver this news and explain the situation to her. And he's, like, really tender about it. I know. And then he, like, sits outside of her house, right? Cause, yeah. Because he's like, well, I'm going to leave. And then instead of leaving, he goes and sits there. And I think that that, to me, means he does Part of him, I think, believes her. Yes. And I, I I, didn't write this, but I was going to. I don't know why I didn't. But I felt like in this moment, this is kind of like the first inkling we get that he, like, loves her. Even, even oh, if... Oh, I love it. Right, even if... I love Chopper. Yeah, me too. Even <laughs> if he doesn't really realize that yet, like, yeah. he clearly cares a lot about her from whatever their history is. We mm-hmm. still don't really know. But yeah, I thought that, that that part was so sweet. And I actually wrote... This is the moment that I, as Joyce, would have fallen in love with Hop. Right. Right. Right now. Like, with him, when he kneels down and she's on the couch and he's, like, talking to her and so gentle, I would have fallen in love. This is going to this <laughs> is gonna probably come off wrong and I don't intend for it to, but when he got down on his knee to, like, speak to her, it reminded me of how you're supposed to speak to a child. You're supposed to get down on their yeah. level and, like, kind of take out the height factor. And I don't know, it was just like really human of him to get down on her level because she was sitting on the couch and he could have towered over her, but he makes the choice to like kneel down with her. Mm. And I just, yeah. And I just, I really like, although the side eye that he gives her when she pulls out the string lights, she's like, no, here, here's what he's talking to me through. And he's like, "Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right, girl, (laughs) (laughs) whatever you say, sweetie. All (laughs) righty. The lights. Sure they are. Yeah, um, I just wish somebody would believe her. Like, she sounds totally unhinged, but, like, can somebody please, please right. believe her? I know. I just love this pairing of these two, like, and and I feel like this is kind of the beginning where finally yeah. Hopper is like, hmm, you know what? Hawkins Lab kind of did seem like they were doing some shady stuff. Like, I know. So I, I kind of love that. Turning after, point. Yes, a major turning point. So after that, um, Joyce and Jonathan both have a sleepless night, but only one of them does so with an axe <laughs> in their lap. <laughs> Guess which one? Uh, <laughs> the Wheelers watch news coverage of the body being recovered and decide that they should just let their 12-year-old mourn his best friend's death all by himself because he's totally equipped to do that all by himself. Um, He'll come to us when he's ready. Sure he will, Karen. I'm sure (laughs) he will. Eleven uses the radio to hear Will singing in the Upside Down, finally proving to Mike that he is alive. Yeah. Atmosphere by Joy Division plays in the scene when Jonathan is like clutching something in his bed what is he is it like a pillow i think he is holding a pillow yeah is it yeah he's like clutching the pillow and the song is playing over joyce going out angrily to the shed to get the axe and huffing and puffing (laughs) back in the house and like planting herself on the couch it's a good it's a the song just like it feels so right for that moment it really does i would have loved if a demogorgon did come and mm-hmm. we got to see, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Joyce would not have been prepared to fight this thing, but it would have been really sweet to see her just chopping at it with an axe. I don't underestimate her because she lands a plane in the Russian tundra and sustains <laughs> no injuries. That is so true. <laughs> you know, who knows what she's capable of? Clearly a lot. She's pretty amazing. Clearly. She's very hardy. <laughs> she is. So I noticed this weird thing, I, you know, I wasn't around in the 80s so i could be totally wrong about this about when this became a thing but will byers was a minor he was very young when he went missing supposedly why are they just releasing his name on the news joyce did not id his body yet 
Mm. What? And they usually Good do. Point. They don't release names of minors unless a yeah. the the family is totally notified and b they've been ID'd or sometimes not even then for a minor. So yeah, I don't know if that's just like eighties. I wonder if it was like or... a small town thing too. Yeah. Maybe that's true. It I did, mean, it did seem like it was like local news, but still, yeah. Could they say? And I, I don't know exactly what the. I don't remember like exact wording. But was it was it like the alleged body of Will Byers, oh, or did was it like con- confirmed? Like I don't remember what the wording yeah, was. I don't, yeah, maybe they were just speculating. Yeah, or you know, making it seem like they were speculating. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in the basement after that scene where they're watching the news, I realized that Mike is going through Will's drawings. It I made wrote me, that. Yeah, it made me cry. <laughs> like, I never, I never, I wrote, no. I never processed that Mike is looking at pictures that Will drew. Yeah, me either. Like, there's so many things on this watch through, like, since I'm taking notes and everything mm-hmm. that I never noticed before. Yeah. Especially, same. actually, in this episode, I noticed the most, and we'll get to them. I actually found a couple continuity errors. Oh, no. Turn so, that off. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I've never noticed stuff like this before, so I'm excited. But I also noticed after they lose Will's voice on the radio, when Mike is still holding the radio and like trying to get in touch with him, Elle closes her eyes and does like the eye tracking thing that she does when she's looking for someone. Yeah. So I, yeah. Ne- I never noticed that before. So I'm guessing she was looking for Will to make sure he was okay. Probably. I thought that was so That's subtle. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing about the scene with Mike and Elle in the basement is, I mean, we're going to eventually talk about Mill Evan, <laughs> Mike and Elle's relationship. Yes. And one of the things that I think is a big struggle in their relationship is his ability to verbally express love. Mm-hmm. And like, that just that's just his issue. But in this moment, he's really like good with his words he's like you hurt me do you understand what you did sucks like that's not easy to to tell somebody very bluntly like true you hurt me so i was just really proud of mike in this scene for him just to say to l like you know what you this hurts like you told me my friend was alive and he's not but didn't he totally is but yes i don't know i was just proud of him for using his words that's so true like i didn't really think about that but and it seems so simple but like like you said, that actually is not an easy thing to say to no. somebody, like, directly. Like, you hurt me. This is this is what you did to me. Right. Yeah. He was very blunt. And I was trying to also think of how that might have made Elle feel in that moment. Like, knowing what the consequences of disappointment can yeah, be. Yeah, true. Like, I wonder what, in her head what she knows just, like, the consequences to be, which is being thrown into a cell. But, you know, yeah. it's just an interesting dynamic. It is. It, and I like that you said that, too, because in her mind, I'm sure that, like, she was expecting some sort of punishment. But instead, mm-hmm. like, I, I think I mentioned in, in Holly Jolly that Mike has her come back. Like, he's really right. mad at her. He's so angry. But she comes back and she still gets to live in, you know, what is her home for now. And, mm-hmm. you know, she never had that kind of thing before. So that's really nice. It is. It's a ten. It's a. This has been tender moments so far. And honestly, this is a really long opening before we even get the the title screen. I know. I this one always throws me off when the title screen yeah. starts. I'm like, what do you mean? We didn't already see the intro. And right. just to say, if you skip the in, intro of Stranger Things, please see yourself out the door. Okay. I I do. I do. So please see yourself <laughs> out the door. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I do. How can you get in the mood? I don't know. I really don't know. I just do. But okay. some, sometimes I don't. It's it's a toss-up, really. But yeah, I don't know. I'm a title skipper. I do love the title screen, though. And I always watch it when a new season comes out. I want to see like what it looks like and everything. But 
okay, anyway, now Marina's mad at me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this sucks what you did. Do you understand? Hurt this me. hurts. <laughs> and last, last thing before we get to the next scene, um, the closing right before we get the title screen, when Elle is like, Will. It's yeah. so cute. I still get chills when you hear him through the walkie. Oh, I know. I don't know why. It's been like 245 watches at this point, but for some <laughs> reason, still get chills. I know. I do too. All right. So um, Jonathan wakes up Joyce to go to the morgue and she wakes up from a really scary nightmare in which it is Will talking to her. Ugh, so creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. Um, Mike. It's con- a good one. Yeah. Mike convinces Karen to let him stay at home instead of go to school. Uh, as she leaves, Mike springs up out of bed and calls Lucas and tells him to come over with Dustin. So I was a little bit confused at this part because the song that plays when Mike is radioing Lucas is called Over. Yes. And it's off of the score, but it's not on the score. What? Yeah, it's like, I. it's not on, like, if you go onto iTunes or if you go onto Spotify, there is no over on the score. That's weird. It was really yeah, but it's it's the the song is called Over, and I was just like, is there an extended score for season one? Because season four has like part one and part two of yeah. the score, and it's like forty songs each, totally unnecessary, but whatever. And I was just thinking, like, I've never that song plays in that moment, and it's just I've it's not on the actual score. It's weird. That is weird. Yeah. Huh. Well, I thought it was very cute um, the way Karen treated Mike in this yeah. scene. She invites him out to go get a video, and it can be even R-rated. R-rated. <laughs> and I love when she calls him Michael. It's so cute. I know. Uh, so, yeah, she was like mom of the year in the scene. Very sweet. Well, in the scene before, isn't Ted the one who actually proposes to go talk to him? And Karen's like, he'll come to us when he's yeah. ready. Like, Ted had a good idea. He, surprisingly. and Ted maybe, wanted to do something. <laughs> maybe his only good idea of the entire series. <laughs> No, in season four, when he says, maybe we should arrest them. D- jail time might, you know. <laughs> well, that's a great idea, too. Send your kids to jail. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, also, screw his funeral. Screw- what? <laughs> that always made me laugh. <laughs> I know. Lucas is so confused. He's like, what do you mean, screw his funeral? <laughs> you mean his you? funeral? <laughs> <laughs> so back at the coroner, we discover that the state has taken over the autopsy. Hmm. Joyce refuses Weird. refuses to ID Will's body. She says absolutely not. That's because it's Jennifer's body oh that God. she needs to be IDing. <laughs> so she she storms out. She doesn't sign the forms. Uh, much to the coroner, secretary, Hopper, and Jonathan's dismay. Everyone is upset by this. <laughs> She's standing up for herself. She is. I am proud of her. She and Jonathan argue on the street. So, like... Jonathan, in this moment, accuses Joyce of shutting down, right? He says, now is not the time for you to shut down. And she's like, shut down? Like, you think I'm shutting down? Like, I don't perceive her as shutting down at all. I perceive her as, like, going to to do it, whatever it is. What is the opposite of shutting down? Gearing up. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I think of her in this moment of, that's not my boy. I know. I, I felt like that, too. Like... Okay, I, I I can understand, like, from the outside, it might look like she's, like, mm. refusing to accept reality, and maybe that's what mm-hmm. he means by shutting down. I, I don't know. She clearly has her own reality going on. Maybe maybe just give her a listen. It is reality, though. It is. It is. It, it is reality. Also, I have a question. Yeah. So Joyce asks to see the birthmark, right, on Will's right arm. Yeah. 
She says he has a birthmark on his right arm. So did the body have the birthmark or not? Right. I would assume it did. I mean, if they went through all this trouble, I would hope that they would make it accurate. But how? But then why did why was she so convinced that it wasn't him then? Yeah, maybe it wasn't there because how would... Okay, I also read this on Reddit. How did they, number one, know what clothes to put the fake body in? Like, the exact clothes? And number two, how would they have had all this stuff? Like, his doctor shouldn't have a record of his birthmarks. Like... Well, yeah, and I don't, I don't know. Yeah. This this feels like a problem. How does Hawkins National Lab? How did they do this? How did they create this prototype of Will's body? I do not know. I really don't. It's a mystery because they, I think it was missing details. It must have been like it had to have been because otherwise, yeah, like what made what set her off like that? You know, right? Exactly. Um, I thought she pulled it together really well. Like, she's obviously a mess, but when they're there, like, IDing the body, Mm. she's, like, very business and, like, to the point, and I was impressed with her. Meanwhile, Jonathan packing up a long... Barfing. Yeah, Yeah. Um, understandably. Yeah, poor kid. Um, I noticed that there is a lovely Monstera plant in the waiting room (laughs) of the corner. Ah, yes. Very important. Amanda loves plants. I do. It looked very nice. Very okay. Very well taken care of. Uh, yeah, oh. when they're when they're out on the street, also Jonathan does the sprint across the street. That's like really funny for no reason. Like it's he's going like fifteen miles an hour. Like he is he's <laughs> booking it. I feel so bad for him in this moment, though, because I think he's like grappling with the loss of his brother, and I think he's also grappling with the potential loss of his mother's sanity. Yeah, and I don't. I think he feels very alone. Like I think he he wants to have his the support of Joyce in what he thinks is, like, the time to mourn Will. Yeah. And she's not giving that to him. And at the same time, he's mourning the loss of his brother. So there's just, like, a lot of loss for Jonathan in this episode. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's just, he's he's going through it. He really is. And uh, our last thing here is, this is a great Joyce moment. When she's like, I am going to bring him home. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so iconic, Joyce. I love it. She, she's so good. She really is. Um, so back at the high school, Steve and Nancy discuss what Nancy saw in Steve's backyard while Steve freaks out about getting grounded. And Nancy mm-hmm. does not like that. No. Nope. Back at the Wheelers, Elle tunes into Will crying over the radio. Lucas remains very annoying and unconvinced. The boys realize they need to get Elle to a stronger radio to better tap into Will's voice, and so they raid Nancy's room to give Elle her pretty good makeover. This whole thing between Nancy and Steve in this moment when they're they're kind of like going at it in that alley, which seems to be like where they have yes. emotional conversations, <laughs> is this alley next to the field? Yes. I don't know. So I just, I picked up on a, a couple things. So first things first, Steve says his dad is a grade A asshole mm-hmm. in this moment. And that's why he's so tense about the cops questioning him about the beers and the party. Yeah. And I realize that Nancy and him are just clearly not communicating properly in this moment. Like, they're not giving each other what they need. But I really thought that it wasn't fair to Steve for Nancy to kind of just gloss over what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Because he he clearly has some anxieties here. Like, I don't know. her Nancy's functional family is showing. Like, who knows what Steve's family life is like that he's worried to this extent yeah i don't know 
yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, obviously Barb is dying or dead. Yeah, she doesn't know that, but um, missing. Yeah, missing, and she's she's feeling that. But also, like Steve has his own stuff that he's clearly going through, and I don't think it's fair for her to expect him to drop everything and kind of mm-hmm. get on board with what she's doing. I mean, you know, it's a missing person, so I get that. Yeah, but there, I just there, it's like a it's like a, just a communication thing. Yes. I just think that they're not. Again, we talked about this in the Stancy episode. They're just not on each other's wavelengths. No, they really are not. <laughs> Especially when it comes to Barb. Like, they're just really not there. Absolutely not. No. So when they're in the basement, the boys and Elle, mm-hmm. um, and Elle is tuning into the radio and Will is crying, when Lucas is like, are you actually believing this crap? Bro, how many times do we ha- a, have to tell you? a baby you? monitor. No. How many times Amanda. do we have to tell you? It's a baby monitor. It is not a baby monitor. Yes, she's tuning into a baby monitor i can't with lucas i just cannot he's like on this watch through he's just extra insufferable to me i don't know why no he needs to stop he like we've told you she has powers man like obviously she has powers i don't know what is to not believe anymore okay it's hard to believe i mean you've seen the evidence with your own eyes also also you're a 12 year old boy like is it that hard? He also suspends his disbelief in like 99% of the media that he consumes. Right. Right. Like, did you catch the Professor X thing? Did yes. you do anything with that? I didn't. Okay. So in this scene, Dustin compares L to Professor X. Yeah. So naturally I had to Google Professor X because I, I'm compulsive and can't help myself. So he is an extremely powerful telepath and scientific genius from the X-Men universe. He is more or less the founder of the X-Men. And I know that we've said this. We're not really X-Men types here. We're not superhero types, but we we do the research. Yes. So he is the founder and the leader of the X-Men. He also developed Cerebro in the X-Men universe. Oh. Um, Where do we hear Cerebro? Yes. Season three. Yes, it's Dustin's ham radio that he sets up on a random hill in (laughs) Hawkins to contact Susie. It's also interesting because Professor X's character history reveals that he inherits a mansion that he was raised in and he turns it into a school for gifted youngsters. And that just gave me Brenner vibes. Oh, yeah. A little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, all right, Professor X, I see why you're here. (laughs) I see why you're here. That makes sense. Making a cameo. Yes. Okay, cool. I love that insight. So when they're in the, or when they're in like Nancy's room, I think, or maybe it's the basement. I forget where it was because I know Lucas and Dustin are in the basement looking through costumes and Mike and Elle are in Nancy's room. So I I forget if it was the basement or Nancy's room, but um, there's a box on the shelf of something called Argo and I needed to Google it um, and it is starch for laundry. And oh yeah, like people don't really hmm. use that anymore. I don't. I don't think. Um, no starch, starchy clothes. Yeah, no. I know people still do like sometimes, but it's not as popular for sure. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, so I thought that that was kind of cool. Argo. Yes, Argo. Which also like, okay, but that brought up another question for me. Does that mean if this was the basement? Does that mean that their their um, washer dryer is in the basement? So then, is Karen not going down into the basement? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but maybe they're just maybe they do laundry on like Saturdays. I think she's and like been it's there Monday. <laughs> no, it's Sunday. No, it's a Tuesday. Who knows? It's one day, right? 
It's got to because Sutton says Will disappeared on a Sunday. Yeah. They go to school on Monday. They find Elle Monday night. Maybe it's just not laundry time. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's true because this only takes place over the course of like a week. A week. So like they just haven't done laundry that week. Yeah. It's been a busy week. It has been. There's a child. He's missing. Yes. And Barb. And now there's a young lady who is missing. Who is your daughter's best friend. Yes. Karen is occupied. Yeah. There's no time for laundry. (laughs) No time for laundry. (laughs) Okay. Another question. Yes. This wig that they pull out and put on Elle. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've ever had a a costume wig, you know that this thing is a mess. If you you just like leave it in a box, it's a mess. Okay. They just put it on her and it has these beautiful waves. It's not frizzy. It looks excellent. How? Nancy keeps her wigs (laughs) nicely. (laughs) She does, I guess. Which also, why does she even have that? I I thought maybe it was from like costumes for D&D campaigns. But what about just Halloween or Halloween? Yeah, I guess so. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I do. I do have an old wig under my bed from when I was Lady Gaga for Halloween. So there you go. Well, I, you never know when you're going to need a wig. You never know. You never know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, back at Hawkins Lab, it is time to send Shepard into the gate. He's attached to an anchor. So what could go wrong? Shepard confirms his presence in the Upside Down, which he describes as eroded and covered in blood. We hear the de- strange. Yes, very. We hear the Demogorgon growling, and they try pulling Shepard's line back out, but it goes slack and returns empty, covered in blood. Why does Brenner call Shepard son? Yes, I've wondered this too because he shows no kinship to any of the None. other orderlies. Zero kinship. None. So the only thing I could think is like I, I stretched this a bit, but is Brenner at this point hoping that Shepard finds Henry? Maybe just like. Because why is he so invested in this venture? What is the goal? Is it just exploration? Like, let's send you in there and see what happens. Like, why are they sending people? Why is he? What is the point? It's got to just be like for science. But like, I just, it dawned on me that like maybe Papa's a little bit concerned about Henry's well-being now that he knows Mm. that this monster is in the upside down or this unnamed dimension. That's true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I mean, in season four, like it's not confirmed but l strongly implies it so i feel like it's probably true that this whole time his exploration of the upside down has been about henry yeah uh the gate growls again Mm. if if you didn't notice i don't know it has a lot to say the gate is very sentient this season i don't know why it is Um, which just explains that other things in the upside down are sentient yes like the mind flayer yes yes calling the shots Mm mm-hmm Anyway, I just wrote, wrote LOL at season one's visual effects versus season three and four. Oh, man. Because this gate, it's... It looks fake. It does look pretty fake. It does look It looks fake. so fake, and I notice it on this rewatch more than any other one. Yes, yes, because we have the comparison of three and four now. And right. it like, when he runs his hand through it, you can tell he's literally touching nothing. <laughs> like, yes, I had the same observation. I was like, what am I watching? Yeah. And I don't know if it's because I was just closer to the screen this time around because I was using a computer mm. or what, but I was like, this just looks like the fakest thing ever. Yeah, it, it's not great. But, you know, now they have that visual effects money. I, mm. I read somewhere that in season one, they had one visual effects person and now oh they have like a whole room of people what a task yeah i found a continuity error in this scene i don't want to hear about and it. it's not that bad um okay so brenner looks at the clock in this scene and it says six fifty four, and he says try him again so they're trying to read shepherd in the upside down then when they actually reach him it says six forty behind them 
And I thought maybe it's like a countdown, but you can see the seconds actually going up. So a continuity error. That's not a continuity error. What? There is time travel happening. Oh, boy. <laughs> this was not even my wrong answers only. We know this. We d- well, we do know there is time travel involved. Exactly. So you never know. When he's like, it's all eroded and covered in blood. What is the blood? What, what? what is yeah. covered in blood? What Just is he refer- the atmosphere? Yeah, like what is he referring to? I don't know. I I was wondering. Maybe he just has poor vocabulary. Yeah, right. (laughs) Although he's like definitely a scientist, so probably not. He says like it's covered in blood. I thought maybe he meant like maybe there's like blood trails or something from like maybe dead things. I don't know. So in high school, back at the high school, Nancy listens to a lecture about the singular most boring book that I read during undergrad, Heart of Darkness. I didn't have the privilege. You don't need it. Okay. <laughs> I did do some research on it and I didn't turn up anything interesting. Exactly. Because it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily she gets pulled out of class to go get questioned by the police, which is far preferable to me. Mm. Um, <laughs> so they, they're questioning her about Barb's disappearance and then the officers decide to slut shame her while she tries her best to be honest. The cops also insinuate that Barb got away or ran away rather, which Nancy refutes. Which, to be fair... When Will disappeared, Nancy said, well, he probably just ran away. Yeah, that's a great observation. Yes. Yeah. I was like, excuse me, Nancy. And I probably come off like I hate Nancy. I love Nancy. I just, this is, this is an issue for me. Well, in this season, she's having her, her, like, her awakening, I think. Yeah, she's going, yeah, her and Jonathan, both of them, they're just going through it. Everybody's going through it. Yes, they really are. (laughs) Um, All of this also, like. The, the slut-shaming thing, that still seems pretty gauche, even for the 80s. Like, that's not cool. There are, like, grown-ass men. Right? Slut-shaming, like, a 16-year-old. I know. Like, what is wrong with you? I don't know. It's just unnecessary behavior. Everything that Callahan and Powell does is unnecessary. I agree. And then I deem it all unnecessary. Powell becoming chief in season four. Unbelievable. Unnecessary. <sighs> so, uh, Hop has uh, Gary, the cor- coroner, at the police station and he's talking to him about the Sadies coming in and taking over and doing the autopsy. Hopper then sees state trooper David O'Bannon on the TV. Uh, mm-hmm. All the kids bike to school to use the Hamshack or Heathkit Hamshack before they are intercepted by Mr. Clark at the school. He convinces the kids to attend Will's Memorial Assembly. Uh, local sociopaths and mouth breathers, Troy and James, are super terrible and homophobic about Will's death. Mike Bravely confronts them, pushing Troy down. When he tries to retaliate, Elle makes him pee himself in front of the whole school. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) So biking to school from the score, it just makes me feel like all the leaves on the ground are crispy Mm -hmm. and that the air is full of pumpkins. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Not rotting pumpkins, though. No healthy ones. Nice, happy pumpkins. Fresh, fresh (laughs) pumpkins. It's just so good biking to school okay the anthem of fall there's this part in like when they're driving through like the main drag in town where lucas is just smiling so big and that's definitely just caleb mclaughlin just like having a good time Um, also there's this really cute little quick shot where we see l and she's like like looking around in awe Town. like she's yeah. i mean she's never seen any of this so no yeah i never caught thing. that before and i thought that that was sweet <laughs> also when they get to the school and mr clark 
or, or right before they talk to Mr. Clark, they're like, oh, remember, if anyone talks to us, we got to look sad. And then the, we got to be sad. The boys yeah. and Elle are like exchanging crying gestures with right. each other. And then like when Dustin's like, we need some alone time to cry. <laughs> <laughs> to cry. Imagine if, imagine if they ran with Elle's name as Eleanor. <laughs> yeah, they just kept her Eleanor. It's just wrong. <laughs> when she makes Troy pee himself... Like, the wipe of her nose when she walks away is so She's so good. sassy. Yes. So, she's like, yeah, bitches. Even when, even when like, the confrontation is occurring and she, like, comes up behind Mike and she's like, yeah, like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, like, like, I don't know. She, just, she doesn't say those words, but she totally <laughs> gestures those words. It's very cute. She's just the, she's the sassiest. Well, now knowing what we know, too, about what she went through in the lab with, like, bullying mm-hmm. and stuff. Bullying. Like, good for her. Yeah, and I think she doesn't realize it, but That's I true. think the reason that Mike even had the courage to confront the bullies in this moment is because of l oh i think because so right before this right right before this you get her like mouth breathers and then she like sits back on the bleachers like she realizes that troy and james are mocking the situation yeah. when they're sitting in the bleachers and she notices them and then she just says mouth breathers and then she sits back and you see mike look at her like hmm, yeah yeah mouth breathers yep. <laughs> correct i just think that she kind of gives him the strength to finally confront these two i know it's very sweet you're right and it doesn't really pan out necessarily in his favor but then he pees himself so yeah that's great that's wonderful i like and humiliating i loved that part <laughs> <laughs> back at the wheelers karen is yelling at nancy about lying about sleeping with steve because that's totally the point and nancy retreats to her room she discovers the torn up photo of Barb that Jonathan took and she decides to piece it together with some tape. When she does, she sees that the Demogorgon is standing behind Barb. Nancy and Joyce are giving me like the same vibes in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And I never thought about comparing Nancy and Joyce or like looking at them together because it feels really random. Yeah. But they're both like experiencing something and nobody is listening to them about it. This whole time, this whole episode, it's like Nancy's like my friend, something's wrong, something's bad. And Karen's like, but you slept with this boy. <laughs> and like Joyce is like the lights, my son is in them. And everybody's like, he's dead. Like nobody is listening to these two right now. Mm-hmm. Listen to Nancy and Joyce. Listen to them. Always. Always. Never don't do that. <laughs> Never. That's great advice. Um, so I love in season four, we get a call back to this scene when yes. Nancy pieces together Max's drawing to realize mm-hmm. that it's the Creel house. Pretty cool. There's always a, a piecing together mm-hmm. of something, right? So like you have the, the, the vine drawings oh, in yeah. season two and you have, there's always something. In season three, I guess you could say it was like the Russian translation kind of. Yeah, like or her together. kind of troubleshooting, Joyce troubleshooting the whole magnet. Situation. Oh, yeah. There's always, like, something to something to solve or piece together. Yeah. And there's also, like, an environmental change, I f- feel. Mm. At least, like, I think with the vines in season two, they were trying to replicate the lights of season one. I don't know. There's just, like, this, like, how does this house get destroyed? <laughs> that is true. How, how yeah. are we going to destroy the buyer's house this season? Right. So um, I noticed in this scene that Nancy does not wear nail polish. I noticed that too. Okay. Why did we both I notice know. that? That's awesome. Okay. So yeah, like in my mind, I felt like that was like a subtle kind of nod to that. She's not this little like prissy girl that she portrays herself as in the beginning. Because right. I don't like, yeah, I don't know. That's just the vibe I got. Maybe we're reading too much into it, but. 
I just think, I mean, yes, I do agree with you, but I think like, I think you get a close up of her hand yeah. and I don't know if you get that in other moments. So I think that's why it, I was like, that's like, I was, I was like expecting a color and then there was no color. Yeah, it did. It struck me as odd. So yeah. in my mind, I feel like co- costume designers and stuff, they, they do nothing by accident. It, it, no. it feels like there was, they a- could have given Nancy nail polish and they and it, and it would have made sense for them, too, because she's very, like, her style in the season mm-hmm. is very girly and, and, like, demure and stuff. So it would have made sense. But, yeah, I felt like that was kind of, like, a nod to, like, she's kind of rough around the edges. She's not really mm-hmm. who she seems like she is. So Jonathan explores casket options at the funeral home um, where Nancy comes to visit him. She shows so weird. I know. She shows Jonathan the photo of the monster. Nancy tells Jonathan about that faceless creature that she saw and Jonathan re- Slenderman. Yes. And Jonathan realizes that Joyce was right. I did not realize that he was looking at children's caskets until this yes, this watch through. They are tiny. Oh, it's so sad. It is morbid. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. It's just so funny to me that he just she just shows up at the funeral home. I know. And she's like your mom said you'd be here. And he's like, oh, hey. Right, like, like <laughs> this is, a, no, this isn't a bad time. <laughs> Everything's cool. Yeah, Nan, come on in. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was just strange. It was strange. <laughs> it's like, what, girl? Pick a better moment. Like, it would have made sense maybe if she, like, waited outside even. Something. Like, I don't know. Although, she just, like, walks in. Although, I will say that since she walked in and was weird about it, she probably saved the buyers, like, several thousand dollars, right? Yeah, true. She interfered in that purchase. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Caskets are not cheap. I don't know how much caskets cost in the 80s. Yeah. We didn't cover that. but no, we did not. Probably very expensive. Yeah, yeah. So, next, Hopper winds... Wait, 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 oh, wait, oh, wait, you wait, have more? wait, wait, okay. wait. Photos in the woods, yeah. please. Yes, 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 yes. When they're looking at the picture and when Jonathan realizes that Nancy and his mom are having the same experience with this faceless dude photos in the woods mm. is like the most mm. ominous it's like vibrate yes i don't know how to describe it go listen to photos in the woods yeah i love it 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 reminds me of like like a spinning blade like about to hit something Some, like something it's very yeah, creepy it's just it's eerie it is in our next scene hopper wines and dines david o'bannon in hopes of that went well. Yes. In hopes of getting information from him, the state trooper lies about the reason he was at the quarry and Hop decides to beat the truth out of him in the alley behind the bar. A creepy black car shows up behind them. O'Bannon freaks out and flees. Hopper is very physical in this episode. He is. He's very like I need to get shit done and if I have to punch you in the face to do it, I'm going to punch you in the face. I said last episode this is Rogue Hopper now. Yeah, he is like on a mission, and he's very. I just love this scene. Like, who is that? I know. I Get love what close he's, to what? I love what he says. Hey, I love what he's about to punch him, and he's like, "Who? Hawkins Lab NSA?" <laughs> <laughs> he's. Just, I just love when he gets angry. I don't know if that's unhealthy. I know. I do too. I, I love it. Um, the first note I wrote here was, "I miss bar nuts." What is that? Why would you miss that? I don't understand. Because it's like a fun little snack at the bar, you know? Like, you mean since COVID? No. Oh, just in general? Yeah, they don't do it anymore. They used to do it, like, I feel like when we were kids, like, there was always bar nuts. This is very telling. (laughs) Why were you at bars? Great question. But yeah, there were always honey roasted peanuts. Were they Mr. Peanut? I don't know. They were just in a bowl. (laughs) Everybody touches those nuts. Well... They sure do. So David Harbour is a great actor, as we know, but I think Hopper might be even better. Yes. 
That took me a second. <laughs> yes. Um, he's so good when he's like pretending like he's playing dumb in front of David O'Bannon. Mm-hmm. Um, I just loved that. Very good. And uh, they, I noticed that they toast to Hop's daughter. They toast to Sarah. They do. Right before he begins like his full investigation into yes. um, saving Will. Mm. So I thought that that was Oh, I sweet. like that. It's like a send off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aw. So back at the buyer's house, Joyce is blasting should I stay or should I go in an attempt to make contact with Will. Meanwhile, the boys bring Elle to the Heathkit ham shack. She has a flashback of the lab where Brenner asked Elle to find another orderly and listen to him, repeating what he says. Instead, she broadcasts the orderly's voice over the lab's loudspeaker. It just made sense to me when I watched this again that the, 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 the purpose that this flashback serves is that she has the ability to channel. Mm, yeah. That never made sense. Like, I never understood what the significance was of showing her channeling the orderlies, reading the words through the loudspeaker. And it explains that she has the ability to do that. Yep. It's also... Which explains... Yeah. It's also very telling of other stuff. Like, her first reaction is, hurt him? And Yeah. Uh, oh, she's all curled up. She's, like, sitting on the chair, like, with her knees mm-hmm. up by her face in that scene. Yeah. And she's like, she's got her hands in her, I know, her arms. You know, it's very telling of a lot of things. This Tiny. this little flashback that we get, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, before that, like we didn't really see a ton of what exactly was going on, like what mm-hmm. what were these experiments and all that. Also, the random words that the orderly says, like, <laughs> are like really funny for no reason. <laughs> it's like amulet. <laughs> I wonder if there's a reason. I wonder if it's. I don't know. I guess it's just the most random words that have no connection to each other. Yeah, so that- and there would be no way she could flub knowing mm-hmm. what the next word was. There's no word association right. possible, maybe. Right, like you can't guess, I guess. Right. Um, so interesting. I know. So Elle uses the radio to tune into a loud banging sound. At the house, Joyce hears the same banging, but it's against her wall, and she hears Will's voice. Joyce pulls down the wallpaper and sees Will through a nasty membrane thing. They hear the monster coming, and Joyce tells Will to run and hide. At the school, the boys hear this entire interaction over the radio, which ends in the radio catching fire. Joyce begins axing a hole in the wall to try to get Will out, and she finds nothing but front yard. There was a lot of going on with the score here. Oh, was there? Yes. The upside down plays again. I, I know we've heard it before, but I just, it's like this like strangely remixed version. Oh. <laughs> it's like a little bit bigger than the one that we heard previously. Okay. And then She'll Kill You yes. plays as Dustin is extinguishing the ham shack and Joyce is, here's Johnnying her wall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I did put um, in our music notes that She'll Kill You is pretty mm-hmm. prominent in this one. I like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, I can hear it. Me too. I have a problem. It's scratchy. Yeah. So what, like, given what we know now about the Upside Down, and I mean, we, we don't know it a lot, we don't know a lot of details at least, but given what we know, what is happening right now? Like, how, is this like a, like a little portal that the Demogorgon has made because it's close by, like sort of by accident? Like, what's happening? I'm going to need you to stop asking me my <laughs> questions again. You keep doing this. These are my questions. Wow. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Don't answer that. I, I'm not answering okay, that. Okay, we're not going to answer that. No, Yikes. ignore this question. Okay, that's great. So, moving on. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> um, in the dark room, Nancy and Jonathan brighten and enlarge the photo while they share a nice conversation. The photo develops and Nancy and Jonathan converse about the implications of this creature. Slenderman. It is, yes. 
this show is Slenderman and Jennifer's body. This is not Stranger Things. <laughs> Today it is. Slenderman's body is <laughs> ripped. Yeah. I mean, he looks ripped in this photo. I was going to say, if it's anything like this. The Demogorgon looks absolutely ripped. What is... It's all those exercises that he's been doing. I thought that was Vecna doing exercises. You know what? Whatever. (laughs) It's all the circuit training. Like, what is his ab routine? It's... He is, like, he's got pecs and, like, he's... He is... But he skips leg day. He sure does. <laughs> he has no legs. He also apparently like, skips in width. like torso day because it looks like he's like, like, I think that's called abs. No, it's, it's like where like his belly button should be like, but it's just like, oh, it like squeezes in, in like a, like a 90 degree okay. angle. All right. It's very weird. Uh, yeah. I don't know. He must skip those yes. torso exercises. <laughs> I, I thought it was also a little bit strange here. Like, I couldn't really put two and two together how they come to the conclusion that if the monster is real, then Will is definitely alive. I don't really know how they come to that conclusion. It doesn't really make sense. No. I mean, I guess that they're just saying, if they're going to accept everything that Joyce is saying at face value, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, like, if, if the monster is real and Joyce is seeing the monster, that gives her claim that Will is alive credibility. Because yeah. Because if she's, like, credible in one way, she's probably credible in another way. Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that I guess that's it. But, yeah, I thought it was a little weird that they were like, oh, cool. I guess Will's alive and so is Barbara. Mm-hmm. Incorrect. Um, I thought that the moment that Nancy and Jonathan share here is really nice because he seems to show genuine remorse that she, that he took her photo. Yeah. He's like, I shouldn't have taken that photo. And it just, like, this was, like, a nice moment that they shared, and I can see why this turns into something more based on this little interaction. Because Mm -hmm. there's also a little bit of, um, I don't know, you get Jonathan, like, photography jargoning here, and I'm like, all right. Yeah, right? Like, I'd be, like, like, attractive. I was like, hey. Tell me more. (laughs) Like, it was just a minute, yeah, where he was talking about... um, I don't even remember the aperture, something or other photography. And I was, I just could see why they connected. Mm-hmm. And just like this interaction between them was like, okay, I get it. I also you know? felt like uh, Nancy kind of opened the door a little bit for his apology because mm-hmm. she, she actually like made a little bit of a joke about it. She's yeah. like, oh, what was I saying when you took my picture? Right. Like, so she, she's showing that she's not really holding it against him anymore. Mm-hmm. I thought that yeah, was it, was a good, it was a good, it was a good moment between. Yeah. Them. So Hopper goes to the coroner's office after hours and charms the secretary into letting him in the back. Some rookie cop tries to block Hopper from going into the autopsy room and Hopper just punches him and goes in anyway. He very reluctantly slices into Will's body and is shocked to find only cotton stuffing inside. Um, I believe the stuffing is acrylic. Oh, I don't think it's cotton. Oh, really? I have nothing to to verify this. I just think it's acrylic. Okay. Is that what they make, like, pillow stuffing out of? Yeah, pillows and stuffed animals. It's acrylic dog toys. I didn't know that. I thought it was all Yeah, it's acrylic stuffing. Oh, cool. I love the choice to make him think of the hat thing, like, on the fly. Like, you see him before he goes in. He picks up his hat to put it on. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then he puts it back. So I guess he just, like, thought of that story on the fly. Yes, yes, yes. He's like, forgot my hat, right? Yes. But, like, why would he do that? What, why? I don't know. Why would he forget his hat? Okay, here's my, I actually did think about that. And here's my theory, right? Like, if you're a cop and you go in the back and you have your hat on, you see this corpse of this little boy, you know, you're going to be respectful and you're going to take off your hat. Oh, that was a good, that was good. Thank you. Thank you. Hop would do that. He would do that, which is, yeah, like, that's where I came up with that theory, which is obviously not true at all, but... (laughs) I like it. Uh, (laughs) Which makes it true. Yep, it makes it true. (laughs) Also, what did he notice? Like, he touches the body and then he's like, (gasps) and he gasps. 
The only thing I could think is, and I mean, I don't, I thought about maybe body temperature. Like, was it like not cold right. or did it not feel like skin? Maybe like something when he touched the body didn't feel right. Yes. And that, that made him like slice. Yeah. I, <laughs> yep. I assumed that it must've been that he felt like it didn't, like you said, it didn't feel like skin or it felt rubbery mm-hmm. or something weird. Rubbery. I mean, it looks rubbery when you get the close up of it. You're like, that is not a human. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. That's floppy. Don't like that. Floppy. <laughs> you can tell, right? Like if you picked up the arm, it would be like, oh, right. Bleh, bleh. Like Harry Potter's arm. Yes. Like when it loses, when he loses his bones yes. in Chamber of yep. Secrets. It would be just like that. Uh... <laughs> The characters in this episode, since we're, like, kind of coming to the end, we have, like, one more little blip. Yes. It's just, like, there's just so much clarity and validation that comes from this episode. You get Hopper slicing the body. You get Jonathan realizing that Nancy and his mom are seeing the same figure. You get the boys accepting Elle's abilities, finally. There's just a lot of, like, clarity from this episode. Yes. Which is why everybody's it's so satisfying. Like, this episode yes, is it's very a- satisfying. Yes. This episode to me feels like Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. You get the lights. It just yes. feels like Stranger Things. Yes. Also, before we get to the last thing, this episode, I think I mentioned this in our season one overview, but it always held a special place in my heart because when I finally mm-hmm. watched it, I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. Um, yeah. And I remember you saying and that. And it, it, like, I thought that the series had been spoiled for me because my aunt was watching this episode. And mm-hmm. when she paused it and it said the body, it was a still of Hopper in the morgue. Like, he was unreal. Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh my God. Like, so you could see how I jumped to that conclusion. I can definitely <laughs> see that. But I'm glad it was not true. In our last scene, oh me, oh my, oh joy, Lonnie has arrived. <laughs> Good. Thank God. God. Thank goodness. Wow. Um, Joyce is still clearly very fragile from her interaction with Will and finding out he might be dead and maybe not. I don't know. And she falls into his arms. Oh, Joyce. Who can blame I her? Guess so. I don't know. I mean, he's still like a good looking guy, you know, so I get it. Yeah, okay. Listen, whatever. Um, we end on the best note possible with Hopper using his bolt cutters to break into Hawkins' lab. We are finally getting full rogue Hopper. Yes, and... This episode, first, I have a question though. Before we get into that, why does Lonnie call Joyce babe? Ew, right? I'd be like, like stop. Ew, who are you, ma'am? This ex husband ass. Yeah, gross. Get out of here with your babe. Ew. Um, she is vulnerable though. Yeah. So In this moment, she's like desperate. She is. Um, and my, my second continuity error comes in this scene when we get the zoom out of the front yard. There is no debris on the ground outside of where Joyce has axed a hole in her wall through to the other side. There is no debris. So clearly somebody came and cleaned it up. Yes. The Demogorgon. He took it back. But yeah, he was like unacceptable. My treasures. And cleaned up the yard. <laughs> my treasures. Please. <laughs> took it back to his nest. With his, my, his sh- my gateway will not look like this. <laughs> it will be orderly. He brought it back to his shiny things collection. Yes. All right, so that Yay. that was chapter four, the body. So shall we talk about music? Yes, let's. We did talk a lot about it throughout the episode. We did, too. we did. There was a lot of um, soundtrack stuff or score stuff, rather. So for the original soundtrack, should I stay or should I go? Um, of course. I mean, at the, from this point forward, it's in like every episode. Um, yeah. And then atmosphere by Joy Division. Mm-hmm. That was pretty prominently featured as well. Um, as for the score, we had The Upside Down, Kids 2, which plays <laughs> when Mike, Dustin, and Lucas give Elle a makeover. 
uh, biking to school, as was mentioned, danger, danger, as was mentioned, photos in the woods, as was mentioned, as was mentioned, and she'll kill you, <laughs> as was mentioned. She will kill you. She will. No, she won't, because she is not the monster. No. So, Marina, you want to tell us who your MVP for this episode was? Yeah. So, my MVP is Hopper. Mm, okay. Yes. I think he was just very proactive in this episode. Um, I also really liked how the episode started with him trying to talk Joyce out of what he assumed was, like, some grief-driven, maladaptive coping strategy problem. Yep. And it ends with him breaking into Hawkins' lab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he is on two polar opposite sides of this conspiracy spectrum at the start of this episode and then at the end of the episode. So his his character development in this in this chapter was just wonderful. Yeah. Um, he just feels like he facilitated the, like, everything. His actions just drive the rest of this plot forward. So Hopper is my MVP for the body. That is a great choice. I, I, yes, he was very close for me as well. Who is yours? My MVP for this one was Nancy. Aww, yeah, yay, Nancy. She's fearless, especially for this time period and for mm-hmm. being who she is. I mean, she was raised with that, you know, nuclear family, pretty normal upbringing, but she is like kind of a badass already. She believes in herself, she knows what she saw, she stands up to Steve, which granted, okay, maybe was a little much, but. It was still impressive because mm-hmm. he's like, you know, the king of Hawkins High himself or whatever. And Nancy. Well, she's the queen of the paper. Yeah, that's right. But not yet. <laughs> so, yeah. And she also understands that whether she is a virgin or not does not matter. Right. It's more important that we find Barb. So she is my MVP. And she doesn't wear nail polish. She does not wear nail polish because she's not like other girls. And we love that. Hate that. I know. <laughs> Hate that trope. <laughs> if you want to be like other girls, be like other girls. Right? I agree. I, I'm exactly like other girls, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my LVP for this episode, I couldn't pick, like, a person. Okay. Because I, uh, Troy and James, is too, this one was hard. it was too obvious. So I was like, I don't really know who to pick. I picked Hawkins Lab as a whole, okay? <laughs> Which granted, like, they are a villain of the show, we know. They are, yes. But this is, like, next level. They planted a body of this kid they clearly know good point they know he's still alive and they're just gonna leave him in there to die they're, that's a good lvp right they like this is probably one of the worst things that they have done because they are knowingly let it, letting a child die in there and doing yeah. nothing about it unless that's what shepherd was going in there to try to rec- reconcile i don't know but i doubt it that's a really good lvp yeah, thank you. yeah. um i kind of agreed with you it was hard to settle on a person and I cannot believe that I picked this person, but I picked Steve. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I feel really guilty for that, but as far I think you forgive as if he's going to take it yeah. personally. <laughs> I don't know. I just love Steve. He's one of my favorite characters. So for me to be thinking of LVP and think of Steve, I don't know. It just felt weird to me. But I just feel like he, he didn't really offer much to the episode. No. When I think of these LVP MVPs, I try to think of who's driving the plot forward. And to me, he didn't really do a lot as far as moving the plot forward. But I also just think he he did not contribute much to the episode, and he didn't try to see Nancy's perspective even a, a little bit. No. Like, he didn't even try. So my LVP is Steve Harrington, and I'm sorry, Steve. Please forgive me. I hope he's, I hope he's not mad. I, I, think, I think he'll get over it. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. So wrong answers only? Okay. You want me to go first, you, or do you, you want to go, go first? first? You go first. 
Okay, so mine's pretty straightforward. What is the membrane made out of in Joyce's house when she can see Will through the <laughs> the, the glue? I want to know what that membrane is. What is it made of? Well, you see, the um, upside down is... This is gonna, this is gonna be so gross. Okay, the upside down, as we know, as mm-hmm. us mind flayer truthers know, is run by the mind flayer. We know this. Okay, we do know. We that. also know that the mind, the upside down is populated by lots of those weird eggs. Mm. So someone is in there procreating and making eggs, right? So the upside down. I don't know where you're going, but I wanted to turn around. I told you it was gonna be gross. What do you want? It's a membrane, okay? I don't know what you were looking for. (laughs) Not this. Well, too bad. The upside down is a placenta, okay? And (laughs) that's what's happening here. The whole thing. The whole thing. The whole upside down. It's a mind flare placenta. (laughs) It is a placenta. I hate this. Well, on that note, stay straight. No, no. Listen, don't ask gross questions if you don't want gross answers, okay? Okay. All right, well. You, your turn. I'll be done with that now. I would like please. I would like for you to mm-hmm. please provide a job title and description for Shepard. <laughs> what the hell is that job and why did he apply for it? Well, here's the thing. Is his job didn't exist until it was necessary, right? Like there was no gate He's not like he didn't apply for interdimensional traverser. And that's the job title. Okay. okay? He was promoted <laughs> in the moment. Oh god. Because he was the most qualified based on his name. <laughs> name Shepherd. name alone. Yeah, name alone. He was promoted to intra in, what was it? Interdimensional traverser. Yes, traverser. Traverser and the job description is in the event that a portal between worlds is spontaneously opened by a tiny telepathic child who comes into communication with ripped slender man <laughs> minus formal attire. Um, we need somebody who is brave enough to traverse this dimension. Mm, okay. And he has to go in there and he has to explore and he has to give his description of what he sees and he has to report back. And he also has to live. And he didn't do that. So now he's fired. <laughs> he's fired. He is absolutely fired. No severance for that guy. Not one severance. And the reason why I say he was promoted is because Brenner calls him son. Oh. So clearly he there's a little bit of nepotism going right. on. Papa. Son. Yikes. Son is actually... Shepard is Henry and Henry is Vecna and Vecna is one and Shepard is one. Oh my God. And Henry is Vecna and Shepard is Henry and Vecna is one. <laughs> <laughs> and round and round. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. Last but not least, what if this episode took place in 2022? What would be different? So this was a struggle for both mm-hmm. of us. I think we were like, I don't know about this. We can't keep talking about that damn photo. We understand, right? It would be on an iPhone. Yeah. We get it. But the one thing that we did pick out from this was that what piece of technology would the kids have brought L2 in lieu of the ham shack? Because there's no ham shack in my, in my high school no. or middle school. There was not one ham shack in there that I knew about. 
what would the equivalent be? Would it be a laptop? Would it be an iPad? Like what what transmission device would they have brought L to? Maybe a car radio. Hmm. That, that could have done it, maybe. That's a good one. Or like like in a Tesla. Yeah, like it has to be a good one. Or like a yeah. like a um they could just like infiltrate a local radio station or something. There you go. Hello, Z one hundred, yes. Hi, we're gonna need this. <laughs> we're gonna need this. You're the whole the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole radio station. <laughs> yeah, this one was definitely a struggle for us to um think about, but like we said, this episode was so like just packed with content that it was kind of difficult to pick out anything that yeah, the technology thing that well, it didn't feel besides the cerebro situate not cerebro. <laughs> what what year is it? What season are we talking about? Besides the ham shack, there wasn't as much technology going on. No, no. And we do understand that yes, Jonathan could have used like Photoshop Express on his iPhone to lighten the picture of the Demogorgon, yes. or even just right? like we understand the iPhone editing software is like enough, <laughs> right? So so yeah, yeah. So so that was chapter four, the body there's anything that we missed feel free to reach out in the meantime stay strange strange. to keep in touch and stay informed about upcoming star court study hall episodes follow us on twitter at sshpod and on instagram at star court study hall